to Life Lessons. We're Jen and Sherry. I'm Jen Stevens, a retired teacher of 28 years and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat. And I'm Sherry Bullock. I've worked in healthcare for over 26 years, and I've been an active volunteer for many organizations. We're both wives and moms, and let's face it, we're the glue that holds it all together in our homes. In our careers, we have always been problem solvers who help others. And that's what we'll be doing here, answering questions you didn't know you had, one smart solution at a time. We're always looking for ways to make our lives easier, help us be more productive, or improve our health and wellness. So let's live our best lives one day at a time, and let's have some fun along the way. Everybody, we are so glad you're here today. Welcome to episode 29 of the Life Lessons podcast. How are you doing today, Sherry? I'm doing wonderful. That's good. Anything new going on with you? Not really. I'm enjoying a week off this week. I'm not working extra. I feel a little guilty about it, but I'm trying to no guilt. Trying to lay down guilt over things like that. And you're just, working right this minute, right? I am working right this minute. And I practiced a little self care this morning. I went and got a massage, which was amazing. I've picked back up my sauna habit. I had let that slide because I was so busy working on my book deadline. And so I hadn't taken the time to just go sit in the sauna and take me time. So I've been doing that and I'm back in that routine and it feels great. That's great. It is, yeah. I do actually have some really exciting news. What's that? Well, you know, I turned my book in, but now I can officially announce the name of it. (laughs) And it's actually available for pre-order. It's funny how these things happen immediately. Like I didn't even know it was going to be available for pre-order already. But the name of the book is, you already know this, Sherry, but the audience may not. It's called Cleanish with the ish in parentheses. And the subtitle is Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mainly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Natural Ability to Self-Clean. Because it's very much my approach to life, clean-ish. You know, I fast completely clean, but everything else gets an ish, so. Everything in balance. It is, it is. And I just was looking, and for those of you who are also in the Facebook group, Sherry announced yesterday that the book was available for pre-order, which surprised me. I had no idea until there it was. And um, so Sherry announced it in the group on Facebook. And today, it's the number one new release in the nutrition category. We have amazing community members. We do. So you can go ahead and pre-order it. It's not even, um, it's not going to be available until January 4th. But it really helps. Pre-ordering helps a lot because it lets the publisher know what the demand is going to be like so they know how many to print. Uh huh. So pre-ordering is the number one most important thing you can do. And and pre-ordering the paperback is the most important. This is one I think you're going to want to have in paperback because it's a very hands-on book. It's it's got a lot of actionable it's got a sections. Come to it, it does. It does. Actionable sections, things that you're doing, things you want to go want to go back and look at. You can certainly read it on Kindle and listen to it on Audible, but you're going to want to have this one in paperback. So anyway, it's Yeah, so, so several people were like, I can't find it on Audible. Can I pre-order on Audible? And I looked on Audible and it's there and I dropped a link, but they want to know if you're recording it. Oh, it'll be me. Yeah. Unless something happens and I lose my voice between now and then. (laughs) (laughs) We're still on the editing process, which is funny because it's not finalized. But yes, I'm going to be, I'm going to be recording it. It's a little hard to find right now. I couldn't even find it myself. Right now on Amazon and probably Audible too, you have to look at cleanish with the parentheses, clean parentheses, number one, 
ish parentheses number two, cleanish with the parentheses. Hopefully, eventually, you can look for it either way, just as one word cleanish or with the parentheses. You can definitely find it if you go to my author page, Jen Stevens. Like if you look at any of my other books and then click on my name, it takes you to my author page. But I, it's also easy to find. Maybe the easiest way is go to jenstevens.com slash cleanish, all one word for the cleanish. And I'm going to have links right now. The only link I have is Amazon, but I'm going to be getting a landing page. It's on Barnes page. & Noble. I right. saw it. I'm going to be getting a landing page from my publisher. They're working on that. That'll have links to all the places where you can pre-order it because we don't only want to order things from Amazon. There's actually one link. I can't remember the name of it, but I had it for Fast Feast Repeat and I'll have it for this one where you can pre-order and they actually, you, you choose your local bookstore as who you're buying it through. I can't remember the name of, of it, but it'll be there on the landing page at jenstevens.com slash cleanish. It's not there today when we're recording, but it might be there by the time the um, the episode comes out. But you can order and choose a local bookstore and get it there. Just help your local businesses. Yeah, I like that. Well, anyway, it's very exciting. But I still have a lot of work to do. I got notes from my editor today of all the things she wants me to, to change. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people are like, why do we have to wait till January? I'm like, well, it's not quite ready. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really nice having another person's perspective or a team, you know, not just me because (sighs) it takes a lot longer, but they have good advice. Like, are you sure you want to say that there? And I'm like, oh, you're right. Maybe I don't. (laughs) Well, and, you know, when you read something so many times that you just, you, you can't see mistakes anymore. You can't, Yeah. So have you have you have had a chance eyes. to dig in? I sent Sherry a copy of the draft. Have you had a chance to look? That's on my list of things to do. Well, I know week. you're busy. <laughs> and I have a book that came in the mail yesterday that I'm going to read because we're going to be interviewing the author later this month. And so I'm excited to read that. Well, very good. Anyway, I have a lot of reading to do. So we always start our show with a good news segment. And today's good news story actually comes from Alabama. I love this story. A retired Alabama power company worker, mother of two, grandmother of three, and great-grandmother of three, spent six years working towards her degree in liberal studies at the University of Samford in Birmingham, Alabama. She is 78 years old. And this Saturday, she crossed the stage and received her diploma with her family in attendance. She said she had a lifelong passion for learning and she was just set on earning a college education. I love it. She said, I say, follow your dreams. Don't let anyone tell you it can't be done. Keep pushing and keep God in the plan. If I could have done cartwheels across the stage, I would have, she said. That's fantastic. Not fun? Yes. It's never never too late. Yep. You're never too old to learn something new or to go back to school or change careers. That's a great story. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll go back and study architecture or interior design. My massage therapist said I had a massage today and she, I've never been to her before. And she was telling me when she was like 55, I think she said, she gave up accounting and went to massage therapy school. And she said her mother tells talks about her being retired all the time and she's like I'm not retired I'm still working I just have a different career now she retired from one like me I'm retired but never been busier Uh (laughs) but you know what it's busyness on my own schedule if I want to go sit in the the yard and read a book for an hour in the middle of the morning I can do that so it's a different kind of busy Well, listeners, we need your stories. We really, really do. Take the time to send them to us. Use the email connect at lifelessonscommunity.com. We want to hear all sorts of things. Companies that have given you exceptional customer service. Give a shout out to a special someone in your life. Tell us an amazing story 
or share anything that might be inspirational to fellow listeners. We look forward to hearing from you, and we really do need your good news for our upcoming episodes. Before we get to the life lesson of the week, I want to take a moment to tell you about one of the companies that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. So you guys know I love my Sunbasket fresh and ready meals, and I love not having to cook a lot, but sometimes I'm really in the mood to cook, and I have been using a new product from Paper Chef lately. I use it all the time. I love it so much. Um, it is called the Deluxe Electric Grill and Griddle, and it has two ridged grill plates, and it has two smooth griddle plates, and they're like interchangeable. You can take them in and out. They have like a vast array of temperatures. You can set it to griddle. You can set it to grill. It's got a panini setting on it. I've been making a lot of paninis. Jen knows this about me. Several years ago, I had this idea. I wanted to write a cookbook, and it was going to be called, well, I'm not even going to tell you what it's going to be called, because I might make the cookbook one day. I think you're going But it was all going to be about sandwiches. And I love, 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 love sandwiches. And I love hot sandwiches. And I love like to make like a sauce for the sandwich or something that you can use again later in the week for a different meal. So one day, maybe I'll make this cook. I think you should be starting to write your recipes now. Like, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Start writing them down. I keep track of them. Okay. So it also has a temperature probe you can put in it for cooking meat. I know Jen thinks she's a horrible meat cooker, but you just put the temperature probe in and you say like, I want this steak to cook to 140 degrees or whatever. And you set it for 140 degrees. You put your meat in there, close the lid on it, and then it will tell you when your meat is done. Oh, that's fabulous. I did cook a perfect steak the other day, Sherry. Yay! It was a sunbasket steak, actually. It was an organic, grass-fed filet mignon, and it was perfect. And I thought about you. I'm so <laughs> proud of you. Yeah. So there are three Look. cooking positions with this. You can cook with the lid closed and use it, like, as a contact press to grill meat. Like, I got some butcher box, um, like, pre-made hamburger patties, and they are just in the freezer. And I pull them out when my husband says, I really just want a cheeseburger. So I'll pull it out three minutes in the press and it's like from freezer from to table. frozen yes cooked perfectly yeah i love it we make quesadillas in it anyway there's also a top melt position so you can kind of like pick the lid up and it hovers so you can like melt cheese on top of your burger or whatever and it doesn't touch it and then you can also open up all the way so you can make like fajitas on it pancakes whatever so like oh and you can also get waffle maker plates for it if you want so like your waffle maker can be thrown away. It takes the place of a lot of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So anyway, I'm really loving it. You can go to lifelessonscommunity.com, go to the shop with us tab and look for the Pampered Chef link and you can look at it or any of the other products that Jen and I love. And now it's time for our life lesson of the week. Several weeks ago, we started a discussion with Stephanie O'Day about slowing down our busy lives, resisting society's demands to do all the things all the time as quickly as possible. Shortly after Stephanie reached out to us, Courtney reached out to us with a similar message. Courtney Smoot is muddling her way through life with a full-time job, a full-time husband, and two children. She has survived clinical depression, morbid obesity, two C-sections, and sinking a boat in a tropical storm, and a dog that won't take no for an answer. She is passionate about living in authenticity and enjoying life to its fullest. She came to a realization during 2020 that inspired her to start writing a book. She's come to understand the importance of slowing down and really enjoying the events and days of our lives instead of rushing through them. And so that's what she's here to talk to us about today. Welcome, Courtney. 
Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yeah, I think your message is an important one that this year really has taught a lot of us, you know, the past, the pandemic, having to be home, and we're all just trying to reconnect with our lives in a way that feels normal. Yeah, you know, that that's a, a really good point. I feel I feel like this whole thing with the pandemic is kind of like the universe or God, whatever you want to call it. It's like a, a parent looking down at us and saying, would you just sit down and shut up for a second? Right. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have said very early on in the pandemic when people were like, oh my gosh, we're stuck at home and we don't have sports and we don't have this and this club is canceled and my kids don't have anything to do. And for the longest time when I've told Jen, I don't think this is a bad thing. I think people are too busy and we're moving too fast and we're missing the really important things in life. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And that's really kind of what spawned this writing of this book. Last year, when April hit and everything kind of came to a grinding halt, my my work and everything included because I do in-home product sales and nobody was going to invite you into their home at that point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and especially here in Florida with the, the elderly population, they were just, you know, everybody was terrified. So I, all of a sudden, and found myself sitting at home having to entertain and educate a four-year-old. And um, while I, you know, always had weekends with him and everything, I really didn't have that kind of block of time with him before that. And I started really noticing all of these little things that would pop out of his mouth that were so dang cute or ridiculously profound, you know, for a four-year-old that I just had to start writing them down. And I would literally carry my phone with me and we'd be out for a walk in the neighborhood or whatever. And as soon as he said something that I thought was just had to be recorded, I would pull my phone out and type it in or say it into my phone. And a few times he caught me doing it. What are you doing, mom? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's just, I realized as I was forced to slow down that I had an opportunity here. I had an opportunity to really start start noticing all of that adorable stuff that I think a lot of us, especially as parents, when we are, you know, working full time and we have busy lives, we miss it. We just miss these details. And then that's why we hear so many of our parents who are now grandparents are saying, oh, it's so much fun to be a grandparent because I think that perspective gives people the distance to look at it and say, oh, look how, how cute it is when he has paint all over his face. Because you know what? He's not going to do that in 10 years. But when, <laughs> and when you're a grandparent, you have that perspective. But when you're a parent, you're in the trenches and it's, oh my God, he's got paint all over the place. I got to fix it. I got to clean it up. And, and we're not slowing down enough to realize this is not, this isn't forever, this moment. It's now. And I think we, it's so easy to lose track of that. And then we miss out on so many joyful moments. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. You know, when I was reading your your bio before we started talking today, you mentioned this is in, in great contrast to how you mothered your your daughter, your older daughter. So, and that was like a pivotal moment for you. You're realizing that you missed out on some things with your daughter. Would you like to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah. So... I was in the grind like nobody's business when my daughter was the same age. My daughter is 10 years older than my son. So I I have a very different perspective happening with that. And when I was in my 30s, I was 
grinding away in a business that not exactly an MLM, but similar to an MLM. And um, so it was just a lot of the message over and over and over again was the hustle, the hustle, the hustle. And, you know, you have to put your nose to the grindstone. You have to work this hard if you're going to make it in this business or if you're going to make it as a success in life and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I was buying it and I was I was in it in for a penny and for a pound. Right. And so I was just absolutely devoting my attention, my time, my energy to this business. And I was literally working. I would work 12 days straight, 10 to 12 hours a day take about a day and a half off and turn around and do it again. And my husband, who is actually her stepdad, he wasn't, you know, wasn't even her dad. He was the one putting her to bed at night, tucking her in, taking care of bath time. And thank God for him. He supported me through all of that craziness. But the end result is here we are. She's a a freshman in high school now. And I look back at the time that she was the age that my son is currently. And I think, oh my God, I just don't even have, I don't even remember. I just don't even remember when she was that age. There are a few things, a few moments that stand out, but for the most part, it's it's just literally a blur. I can relate to that so much. I had my daughter when I was very young. So I was going through um, school to train for my career when she was little. I started the program I went through when she was two and it was 40 hours a week. Plus I worked on top of that as a single mom. And I did that for years. And I look back to her toddler years and even into like when she was starting grade school and it is a blur. And I, I do feel like I missed out on so many moments And then eight years later, my son came and, you know, by that point I had established my career and I had chose a job where I could be present more and home during the week and, and home during the evenings. And that was very, it was super eye opening for me at that point of how much we can miss while just trying to survive even. because Yeah, because like what you said, Courtney, the busyness is celebrated and the the grind, you know, pushing, pushing ourselves. And that's been more traditionally in our society, a, a male kind of a thing. But, you know, we were raised, women can do this too. Women can do anything. And that's a powerful message. And I'm not saying it's a bad message because I do believe women can do anything and powerfully <laughs> as well. But trying to balance it with the home life can really be hard. Well, that and that's a really good point that the women can do anything philosophy I love that. I love being an empowered woman. And I love that my daughter repeats that message. And I think as women in our society, we have a little bit extra pressure on us than the men do. The men are not typically, and I'm not saying this is, you know, I can't make it a blanket statement, but generally, like my husband doesn't come home from his full-time job and then cook dinner. Typically, I do that. (laughs) You know, I'm the one taking the kids to school, dropping them off, picking them up, coordinating the calendar. You know, I do all of that and I'm doing my full time job and I'm doing my best to look as hot as possible while doing all of this stuff. (laughs) It's hard. We have a lot on our plates, a lot of pressure. And it it almost feels, I don't know, because we we all want to be that empowered woman who can do anything and we can, but you can't do everything at once. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're going to have to pick something to focus 
focus on. Yeah, you're, and you're I think right. As a mother too. So not only are you, you're trying to be successful in your own right, in your life, in your professional life, whatever. You're trying to be the best mom possible. You're trying to be the best wife. You, But then you also have these other little roles you're filling. You're doing homework with the kids. So now you're the teacher at home. More often than not, I feel like moms end up being the disciplinarians. And so you're wearing so many hats and trying to do them all well. And I think what happens is you're missing the little moments of life because you're racing around from one thing to another and you're trying to do it all. So this message to slow down, I think is so important. Well, it's interesting as I've, as I've been working to be a better mom with my son, Jacob, in particular, I noticed that I see how he digs his heels in when we're transitioning from one thing to the next, right? He just naturally resists transitioning that fast. So like as a child, he intuitively can see that it's not fun. (laughs) It's not fun to go from one thing to the next and not slow down and pause and notice things. He just automatically, and of course, as a mom who has that ridiculously long to-do list, when he digs his heels in, I'm like, come on, kid. Like I got, we got, you know, we got to do these. And he's going, mom, I want to look at this. I'm like, it's a stick. Why do you want to look at the stick? You know, but the stick is important to him at that moment in time. And I go through this a lot, a lot actually at the end of the day. We get home at the end of the day and I've worked all day and I've picked him up from his after school club and we're pulling into the driveway and we're listening to music on the way and having fun and all that. And we get to the driveway and he won't get out of the car. Like he won't get out. And I'm, I'm like, we're, we're done. Now we get out of the car. We go in the house and he's like, you know, la la la. And he's doing somersaults in the back seat. And he's just, and, and I'm like, why wouldn't you just get out of the car and go into that? But he's still having fun in the car. He's not done yet. Well, and <laughs> I bet he knows when you go into the house, you have a new job. Yeah. You're like right. he doesn't get to be the center of attention anymore. Right. You're absolutely right. Because when we hit the, the doorway, I'm going to be, okay, I got to make dinner. So you uh-huh. need to go, do, you need to not be in my space for a minute so I can make dinner. And yeah, you're absolutely right. That makes sense. Yeah. So what kinds of things have you like, you know, you said you've had this awareness and, you know, this has like really come to the forefront. What kinds of things have you tried to like implement or changed about the way you live in order to have time to take notice of these cute little things that he's saying in these moments with him? One of the things that I started doing, especially once things, because I'm in Florida, things here are are fairly opened up, you know, with the pandemic and all that. My kids are going to school face to face. So I'm fortunate in that I haven't had to deal with the whole school year like this. But I noticed that I needed to give him that transition time. So one of the things that I do is when we get home, we set a timer for 15 minutes and he's he's really good at respecting timers. For some reason that, that clicks with him. So I can set a timer for 15 minutes. And so for the next 15 minutes, let's just do whatever you want to do. We'll play with the toys. We'll play Mario, whatever it is that we're going to do. But it's his time 
to have my complete and undivided attention. And I find that when we do that, of course, that also forces me, I have to slow down because now I have to be Elsa and Anna. (laughs) (laughs) And I get to have fun and break my imagination out too, which needs airing out too. And he gets what he wants, which is he wants my undivided, that's really what he wants. He wants my undivided attention. And if I can just give him that and commit to the next 15 minutes, you get my undivided attention, then the next transition isn't, there isn't so much resistance. Exactly. On both sides. (laughs) A lot of kids really like to know what's going to happen next. And so that I was a teacher for 28 years. I taught elementary school and timers were big. I used a lot of timers for things. I'm like, all right, y'all, we're going to do this. We're going to do it for this amount of time. And I'm setting the timer and, you know, we would project the timer or have it, you know, where the kids could see it. And you're right. It really makes a difference with transitions. So I think it's really smart to to do that in your home as well and say, you know, I've got to go make dinner and and I need to do that. So for 15 minutes before that, we're going to do something together. That's a, that's a really great strategy. Yeah. And, and that's something that I also need to be reminded of. Like, it's really not the world will not fall apart if dinner is on the table 15 minutes later. It really won't. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I might have to deal with a little bit of hangries going around, but you know, it's not going to fall apart. And I also do that with my daughter. I have a, a, this is happened in a wonderful way, actually. My daughter gets out of school a good hour earlier than my son. And she's only with me part-time because she's from a previous marriage. So she's with me for a week at a time and she needs mom time. She needs to download. So that's the other thing too. It's it, And dealing with the two different age groups, with her, I don't necessarily have to set a timer, right? She has more of a concept of the clock, of course, than Jacob has. But with her, she knows that until we pick Jacob up, <laughs> she's got my attention. And so for the next hour or so after I've picked her up from school, it's just her telling me about her day and it's our opportunity to bond and I can empathize and she's telling me all the whatever teenage drama that's going on, <laughs> you know, and, and it's really good for us in, in that, like I had meant, you had mentioned in my, my bio information, it's like repairing that stuff that happened when she was tiny and I really wasn't there for her. I get to be there for her in a, in a way now by allowing her that download time where she can talk, even though whatever she's talking about very rarely holds my interest. <laughs> you know, if I'm honest, I, I, it's still, it's important that you're strengthening I your bond. Absolutely. And I want to just say from the perspective of a mom with two older kids, my younger son is 21 now and my older one is 23. And she's not going to hold that toddler time against you. She, she won't remember that. She's remembering what's happening now and the bonds that you're forming now. So you let that, any of that guilt go. You probably already have, but in case you've got a little bit of that, you know, we hold on to that mommy guilt. Oh yeah. You know, I could still go back and think about things I did when they were little and think, oh, I wish I could go back, but we can't. But she's remembering now you're building that relationship. And so that time that you don't remember, cause it was a blur. She, you know, she's got her own blur. <laughs> that That's, true. As well. That's true. I feel like I should put that on a t-shirt. Get your own blur. There you go. Um, <laughs> she was busy looking at sticks, mom. Yeah, That's probably. right. That's true. Actually, at that age, it was probably glitter. It's still glitter. She's a glitter oh, girl. Oh, no, I'm not a glitter oh, girl. I'm a glitter girl. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her bling. That's great. Yeah. You brought up something, and this is something I think about a lot. It, this is kind of my, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a pet peeve, but you know, when we put um, DVD players in vehicles 
And now kids have their tablets that they take everywhere. And I see these kids load up in their cars and they all get on their tablets and they put their headphones in. And I feel like that is a disservice to communication and family. And like, I'm always like, what happened to just getting in the car and having a conversation and asking, how was your day today? And talking about the landscape and brainstorming dinner plans together or whatever. But I feel like because of electronics and, you know, I'm guilty. I have my phone everywhere I go. I have my tablet and my laptop and it goes where I go. But in the car, I'm I've really with my bonus daughter, she's eight. She wants to get in the car and turn her videos on. And I'm like, no, not in the car. Like, talk to me. Look out the window. Like, let's have a conversation. Tell me jokes. Let's listen to music. Like, I feel like when you are in one space together, whether it be at the dining room table or in the car or at a restaurant, restaurant, that is your time to really talk and bond and get closer and unload. Yeah, that's a really good point. And and that actually brings me to another little tidbit that we have implemented at our dinner table, which is that before we dive in to our food, we kind of go around the table and everybody names something that they're grateful for in the day. And it's really funny, some of the stuff that comes out of Jacob's mouth, of course, because his it's usually whatever's most recent that's happened to him. That's what he's grateful for. But it's my, my hope <laughs> and my goal with implementing this is that I can teach them how to slow down and practice gratitude because gratitude is, and, and I know you've, you've done some other podcasts specifically around gratitude because we even have scientific studies now that show that it's healthy, like literally changes us physically to be grateful. And it's so, so easy for us to get caught up in looking at what we don't like, you know, and complaining and all of that. And, you know, if you're a fan at all of any of the millions, it feels like, of books out there about the law of attraction, et cetera, if we're always just concentrating on what went wrong in the day, we, we just, we miss out. And things might have gone right, but we're so busy focused on what went wrong that that's what sticks in our memory. And so I'm hoping with this gratitude practice and showing my kids how to extend that gratitude practice, that they'll have maybe a leg up on that idea of let's just look, let's look at something that we're happy about right now. This absolutely is a skill that can be taught. So I'm glad that you're teaching it to them young because you get used to filtering through your lens, right? And if it's always finding the negative, what you focus on grows bigger. <laughs> and so 100%, yeah. if we're focusing on the good, and that was absolutely true. I learned that again back as, as my time in the classroom. If you focused on negative behavior that magnified it, instead you focused on the positives and then everyone was wanting to be the positive. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things too. And, and, you know, I have some notes for what it was I was going to bring up, but you actually just triggered something for me to bring up as well is that the other thing that I'm learning to do more often is to praise both of them, but especially the, the younger of the two for the things that they do right. Because we we really do. We criticize them so much because we're trying as parents, <laughs> right? We're trying to teach them to be civilized human beings. And, and so, so much of the time, it's take your finger out of your nose and like that kind of stuff as opposed to, hey, thank you for opening the door for me. That was really, that was really considerate. That's nice. And we use that language a lot of times, my son and I together with, we call it polite words. We use our polite words and our polite voices, right? And, and I thank him for that. When I notice that he's really being, he's really making an effort, I have to acknowledge that. And then I get more of it. So another thing that I've been 
involving the kids in is the chores because <laughs> I do have the to-do list. But if I can get especially my little guy involved in the chores, it can become, you know, that's that scene from Mary Poppins, right? Where she makes the chores a snap, right? And I, I wish I could always do that. I don't, I'm not always successful at it, but, but, you know, if I get out the room because I have three fur babies in my house and I swear it feels like we've got at least one additional that's just the tumbleweeds from them. So, <laughs> you know, I break out the broom and the dustpan and before I know it, we're playing Quidditch and we're riding around on the broom and we're doing all kinds of fun things. If I can get him involved in it, as opposed to me just going, hey, I have to get this done, honey, get out of my way. And I've done both. <laughs> I can't say that I'm always Mary Poppins because it's just not true. But if I can remind myself that this can be fun for uh, both of us and I'll still get it done, it might take me a few minutes it's longer. It's still going to get done, but it's going to get done in a way that neither one of us is feeling irritated or resentful about when it's done. Right. You're turning work into play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We would all rather play than work. Yeah. I wish I could go back in time and do some of that more. I was one of those moms that was like, just let me do it. I'll do it. And then like, like one year I was decorating the Christmas tree and the boys were old enough and I'm like, all right, who wants to help me? And they're like, no, that's your job. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I did this to myself. In hindsight, when they were little, I was like, you know, I'm afraid they would break them or not put them where I wanted them. So I just did it myself. And I'm like, why did I do that? I would like to go back in time and share more of those moments with them and let them mess up. Yeah. And that's that's, I think that's one of those gifts that I have had the chance to receive because my kids do have that age gap. It's almost like time travel. You know, it really is because I can see in him the things that I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably could have done that a little differently. Exactly. <laughs> well, I think with your first kid, the, I'm sorry, all first kids are an experiment. <laughs> and mine are only 18 months apart. So right. they were like one big blur experiment of their own. Yeah. Right. But the second kid is usually, you usually raise a little bit different. I've always heard like the third or fourth kid that's like, yeah, whatever, anything goes because you've already figured out that. It's really not all that important. It, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I think with age comes knowledge and growth and maturity. And so, I mean, it's kind of a blessing that you have such a big difference in age between your kids because you're not the same person now that you were then. So your son is getting a different mom than your daughter got. Absolutely. Because I literally was 30 when I had my daughter and 40 when I had my son. And thank God <laughs> there's a difference between 30 and 40 in my, in my maturity level and my mentality. But the thing too that I, and I see it in my husband, he's like, when's he going to be out of this phase? I'm like, just slow down. Like it's, it will pass. This faith, this thing that's irritating you right now, five years from now, you're going to look back and go, oh, remember? <laughs> remember when he used to do that? It was so cute. Yeah. And I've got to say, you know, my kids are grown and out of the house and have been for several years now. And I wish I could go back and slow down. I wish I could go back and work less. I wish I could go back and like take off more time to go to that soccer game or watch my daughter cheer the football game or take off to help her get ready for prom on prom night. Um, because I did miss a lot of that stuff. But at the time I was nose to the grindstone. I was like, well, this is my job. I have to go. I have to work. But I can't get that time back. 
Right. And, and it's that persistence of the lies that we tell ourselves, you know, the stories that we tell ourselves. And that's a big part of the way that I have laid out this collection of conversations that I've had with my son in this book, because so many times, because he is fresh and innocent and does not have the perspective that I have and doesn't have the layers of ego that I've built up through the years, kind of like a, a barnacle or something, right? That it is just this layers and layers and layers. He just cuts right through the layers and he'll say something that I'm like, you're absolutely right. <laughs> You are so right because he just doesn't, he doesn't have all of the stories yet. So tell us a little bit about the book and how it, how it came about. Like I said, it started when the shutdown started in my area in April of last year, in 2020. And I was, for the first two, maybe two and a half weeks, I didn't know which one of us was going to commit homicide, but one of us was. And <laughs> and uh, I just wasn't used to being home full-time with him. And he wasn't used to being home full-time with me either because he had been in a daycare situation where he was, it was a small, you know, in-home daycare and his caretaker was fabulous. But he was used to having that social outlet. And we're both really social people. So it was all of a sudden our world got very small. And so, you know, as we muddled our way through uh, living with quarantine and all of that, we had to come up with a new routine. And so part of our new routine was going for walks through the neighborhood. So we'd go and we'd explore. And I swear, we walked every inch of my neighborhood in that time. Every morning we'd get out and we'd take a different direction. We'd find something else. And I started getting more and more slowed down. And I noticed these little things that he would say that sometimes were just, they were just the sweetest things or they were funny without meaning to be funny, or there were just so many things that would pop out of his mouth that were I realized were, were these little nuggets. And so I started to record these little nuggets. And for a while, I was posting them through Facebook and things and like today's conversation with Jacob. And that's how it started. I was just posting them up because I, and I, and I got a lot of response from those, from people just, oh, they enjoyed them. It was a little glimmer when all of us were kind of, oh my God, how long is this going to be happening? And, and am I going to lose half my family? You know, who knows? We were all in a very dark place a year ago and some of us are, are still in it. And so I realized that in sharing these little nuggets, I had just a tiny impact that maybe could create some ripples of joy and laughter and just a smile in the middle of all of this crazy darkness. And so I was sharing them that way. And at the end of the year or towards the end of the year, I thought, oh, you know, it'd make a really cute Christmas gift. I'm going to make a calendar for everybody in the family and it's going to be my little talks with Jacob. And so I went through and created this little calendar with photos of him and the little quotes from throughout the year. And, and I gave them to everybody at Christmas and my mom got hers and she said, you know what? It sounds like you're writing a book. And I'm like, I I think I am writing a book. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and it was one of those, I've been a writer forever. It's always been a way that I've expressed myself. But I always had this, again, with the stories, I always had this weird idea of what that had to look like and how that had to happen. And I didn't know about self-publishing and I didn't know that I could just write my perspective as opposed to creating Nardia. So I, I just felt it felt right. And I started writing. And then once I started writing and, and it was almost like I had these little writing prompts with these quotes that I had gathered from him that I was able to then also take those little quotes and yes, they're cute and I can describe the situation and it's fun for somebody to identify in with. And I could also pull from that a life lesson. Can you share an example of, of one of those? 
Sure. Um, let me get into a little place here in my, I've got my iPad in front of me. While you were talking, I was thinking, you know, kids are full of joy and wonder. Like they are so unfiltered and from the heart. And so I think people love to like read and hear about stories from kids because it takes you back to that place of joy and wonder. Absolutely. So so here was one. This was last July, I think it was. We were going to the wholesale club and they had furniture, lawn furniture out, you know, in display and um, outdoor couches and fire pits and stuff like that. And I had my grocery list and I had my things that I needed to accomplish that were super important, like getting broccoli. <laughs> and, and one of the things, this is another timer moment. Here's a little extra tip for all the moms or dads out there that have to deal with this. Every time I go to this store, they have a toy section. We have to look at the toys. So, you know, one of the things I learned to do was to set a timer and it, it's a priority. He gets the first slot. So 10 minutes, we're going to look at toys until the timer goes off and then we're going to go get my groceries. So anyway, we were walking past this display of lawn furniture and he says, hey, mommy, can we just relax for a minute? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> and, and he goes over to the furniture and literally like kicks his feet up on the, uh, on the ottoman and leans back into the pillows of this outdoor couch, puts his hands up behind his head, you know, the total <laughs> relaxation pose. And he goes, ah, this is what I call relaxing. <laughs> and, I was, and I was blown away by that. It was so adorable. I took a picture of him because I just, I was like, that's, that's too cute. And that was one of the things that I ended up sharing on Facebook. But the really what I can pull from that is there is no wrong time to slow down and relax. And there's no wrong place. Well, obviously, if you're getting attacked by sharks or something, it might be a wrong place to relax. But there's no wrong place to relax. Like he just has no qualms about, I feel like relaxing and this looks like a relaxing place. So he sits down and relaxes. And he, you know, and it, it probably lasted for all of like 30 seconds that he wanted to sit still. But the point is, you know, he does, he's not embarrassed to say, I just want to slow down right now. And it's just a matter of us listening, taking that time, taking the cues from our children, making them feel important and heard and valued and and letting them say, we're going to slow down for a minute now, mom. Right. Yeah. And sometimes I need him to remind me that I'm rushing. But the other thing, like I said, is that dropping that facade that it's wrong for us to sit down. They put the furniture out there so that you'd sit down on it and want to buy it, right? But why am I nervous about him sitting on this furniture? It, it's it's just me. It's my ego getting in the way of, of relaxing. And he doesn't have that. <laughs> he doesn't have that layer. So that kind of stuff, it, I just feel it's really important for us to acknowledge that. And the other thing, the other reason that I wanted to pull this book together and part of what, when you read it, you'll, you'll, you'll see this thread through there is that I'm trying to be authentic and really vulnerable in how I'm presenting the information. So as opposed to it being really, the writing, I guess, is fairly polished, if I, if I say so myself. But the actual, the idea here is you're not alone. If you are a mom or a dad and you're dealing with this stuff, you are probably not the only parent in the world who has had their four-year-old son pee on a light socket. It happens, <laughs> you know, like it happens. <laughs> and it happened to no. me. And it Mom and peed down the down the vent in the bathroom oh, nice. by the toilet. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you definitely. ask them why and they're like, I don't know. 
I know. seemed like a good place beside the toilet. I'd... Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> he, I'd was, see what would happen. he was practicing his aim. He was there like, hey, go. let me see if I can hit that. You know, and <laughs> of course, as a girl, I can't identify with that, but I can see how that could be fun. So, well, it is the bathroom <laughs> smell like pee is like the, the soundtrack of a of a toddler boy mom's life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think you nailed it. Kids are not embarrassed, right? Nothing embarrasses a kid until we teach them to be embarrassed. That's yes. True. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing here is like, as because I talk to a lot of moms, I have some some mom groups that I'm in and stuff like that, that if we can, if the, the quote unquote grownups can let our barriers down long enough to admit I'm confused or I'm struggling or I'm upset or I'm happy even. Sometimes we don't even want to admit that we're happy. If we can just say, identify those things and share them with others, when we do that, those people also have permission to let their barriers down. Absolutely. I think that's great. Well, Courtney, we are out of time, but would you share really quick with listeners how they can find you? Absolutely. So the the book is called Jacob Talks. And so you can find it, a link to that through jacobtalks.com. And you can also find me through courtneysmoot.com. Jacob Talks is going to be, it's actually available for pre-order right now on Amazon and it'll be in Kindle and paperback format there. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Courtney. And Jacob sounds like a like a great kid. Give him a big hug for me. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I'm so, thank so you. grateful I could be here. Thank you. Before we get to the listener-led lesson of the week, we want to take a minute to tell you about a company that makes it possible for us to bring you the podcast. Today, we want to revisit the products that Dr. Kabeca formulated to help women. I personally started using three of her products and I am super happy with them. I use the balance cream for two weeks out of the month because I am not postmenopausal and I have been using the Mighty Maca drink and the Jolva cream every day. So without getting into details that might embarrass my husband, <laughs> <laughs> let's just say that the Jolva is a game changer. I feel like a 30 year old again. It's not greasy, it's not messy, it feels very natural and just comfortable. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I didn't even realize like that I had a problem happening until I started using it. And then the difference was like night and day. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah. This yeah. is what things used to feel like. Right. So, and then like the Mighty Maca, I take it, um, I'm an intermittent faster, as most of you know. So I have been opening my window with it instead of, I'm going to admit, I have a Diet Mountain Dew addiction still, and I always would open my window with it, but now I'm mixing my Mighty Maca with my water and I get that little energy boost. Plus it helps me, like, I feel like I'm calmer in the evenings. I usually get a little stressed in the evening with like cooking dinner and cleaning up and thinking about everything I have to do before I can go to bed. I feel much calmer, so like, I'm also more in the mood to get sexy with my husband. So that's not a problem. It's not a problem anymore. <laughs> my husband's a happy man right now. And I have Dr. Quebeca to thank for that. I think a lot of women could say the same about Dr. Quebeca. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. A friend of mine that I have known since grade school, I posted that we have a podcast coming out tomorrow. Well, today, it's tomorrow that her podcast comes out. And she said, oh, my gosh, I love that lady. That's great. So people know who she is. Anyways, go to lifelessonscommunity.com and go to the shop with us tab and look for the link to Dr. Kabeca. And um, you can save by shopping with us. 
Awesome. So next we have a segment that we call our listener-led lesson. It might be a life hack, a book recommendation, a special recipe, a kitchen tip, or anything along those lines. Today's listener-led lesson comes from Jane. After listening to a recent podcast where we were talking about my new book and the safety of the products that we use, and I shared about the old-fashioned Listerine being better than other mouthwashes on the market, Jane wanted to share about a product that she loves. She wrote, I have been using a product called Healthy Mouth Blend created by Oral Wellness. It's an essential oil blend that you drop onto your toothbrush and brush your gums with. I've been using it for years now and my gums are pretty darn good. It also acts as a mouth freshener due to the essential oils it contains. I use it every morning. They have other products as well as a ton of useful oral health info and videos. Keep up the awesome work. Wish I lived closer as I would so love to meet you gals in person. So Sherry, we're going to have to take like a United States tour. Forget just United States. Let's do a world tour. (laughs) Okay. Dream big, Jen. Think big. I know. (laughs) I know. (laughs) We've already we've already been invited. I know to Australia. Graham Curry, who we Uh we know from the international world. And Elaine has invited us to the UK. Elaine from the UK. So, yeah, I feel like we we could. And you know, we know Rachel from Africa. Well, and that Rachel too. We know two Rachels that live in Africa. One Rachel that lives in (laughs) Egypt, and then another Rachel that we met on the um the first delight on tonight cruise. Uh Yep. She lives in another part of Africa. I can't remember what part she lives in. Way down south somewhere. Somewhere. Anyway, we're going to have to travel the world. Yeah. I have to retire first. Okay. (laughs) At the end of each show, we share a motivational quote from a listener. Today's quote comes from Diane Rufo. Living in the pediatric cancer community, I give a few of the same bits of advice when asked. And one is, fake it till you make it. Obviously, we don't want to stifle our emotions, but when your child is diagnosed, you really actually do have to put your feelings aside most of the time. You, quote, pretend to have fun during ridiculously scary, monotonous, and often painful treatments so that your kids are relaxed. You minimize the awfulness of the treatments to elder parents as not to worry them. But what happens is you find so many moments of joy and love from all the people around you that it becomes genuine. The outpouring of love from family, friends, and strangers wrap you in love continuously if you let them. I live a lot of my life that way working in geriatrics as an OT as well, and that's occupational therapist for anybody who's not sure what OT is. In my darkest times, I would go into work like I had the biggest, most funnest secret. I could have been bawling all the way to work worrying about my sick daughter, but stepping through that door, I would fake the biggest smile and pretend I was so excited to be there. I would walk out of there genuinely so happy to have been there, appreciative of every interaction with the sweetest of folks. Not only did my lovely patients return the love, but it reminded me that perspective is everything. Listening to one of my all-time favorites, a Holocaust survivor, on my first day back to work after my daughter's chemo was life-changing. For whatever reason, she chose to reveal an hour's worth of her story to me. My problems seemed so small in that moment. I will never forget her unbelievable strength. That's amazing. So the quote is fake it till you make it, but really it's enjoy where you are at the moment. You create your own joy. You create, yeah, you create the joy in the moment, even though you're struggling. Yeah. 
I think that that's great. So listeners, thank you so much for being here today. If you haven't already, join the Facebook community. It's called Life Lessons with Jen and Sherry. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast app, whatever that might be. And we would love for you to leave a review on the Apple platform so that we can reach others. Do you have a story to share for our good news segment, a listener-led lesson, or a motivational quote that means something to you? Or do you have an area of expertise that you want to share as our featured guest for the week as we present? our weekly life lesson. Email all of that to us at connect at lifelessonscommunity.com and listen each week to see if we share your story or tip. Until next week, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.